Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. In the house so far is Paul Fleming Sr. from Atlanta, Georgia, E2247 from all across America. We also have Michael Rutnan from the great state of New York, specifically Brooklyn, New York, in the house with us as well. We have AVQ. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, oh, I thought I saw somebody that I missed, but I faintly, I did not quite miss them. Anyhow, how are my peeps doing? I trust everybody is doing fine. We're going to have a great show for you today. I'm still setting things up as we go, because as you know, how things are, you think you have it all ready and it's not ready and it's not ready, but you know. You have got to get it done, and I'm about to get one of my last pieces done, and just maybe I will get it done. But anyhow, let's see. Let's see. I'm coming to you guys from Kingwood, Texas. Uh, I'm not sure yet, but Thursday afternoon, I may have a special interview with a foreign government. and. I may have to run a tape version of the show th Thursday, maybe. I'm not sure yet. They're still setting it up for me. And um, I think you guys are, if it, if it works out, I think you guys are going to like this. But anyhow, I can't say much right now. I'm sort of under, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it when you can't say something? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's see. Break in. While President Biden has fought to pass tough border security legislation, as well as funding to Ukraine, Mike Johnson has let the Republicans go on vacation. All the while, the government is facing potential shutdown. Don't tell me the two parties are the same. I mean, I thought it was funny, the optics that that shows that you're on vacation, not minding the people's business, you know. But I tell you, there's one thing that I have to tell folks, all right? And that is the people from uh, MAGA don't care. Uh, and this is what I was explaining to a friend today who's all uh, who gets on the case. Uh, stop talking about Trump and, you know, let people know how Trump is specifically. And I'm like, most of the people who follow Trump know that he's a crook. They know that he's not worth the paper. He's is uh, that they know that he's unworthy. Most of these people just want to stick it to the system. And you have to understand that. When you have a group that just want to burn stuff down, that that's not who you want to get. So I am not trying to reach the indoctrinated MAGA, MAGA that are sick. I will I'll still hug them. I'll still talk to them. I'll still protect them. But I'm not trying to change your minds because they are mentally ill. And that mental, I am not, I don't think I'm qualified for the type of mental illness that they have. And I mean this sincerely from the depths of my heart. Uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel did a test, and he went outside and he said uh, to a, to a MAGA a MAGA woman, uh, he said, "You know, uh, uh, Biden wanted to put uh, bleach into people's blood, and they wanted to use light to do things. What do you think about that?" And the woman says something like, "That's a sick old man." Da 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 da. And he said, "Oh oh oh, I'm sorry." The person who said that was Donald Trump. And then she says, well, maybe if I, th there is something that he knows about. I mean, it, 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 showed, 
it showed a level of sycophancy. It showed a level of dementedness that I think proves just about right away that there is nothing you can say to folks like that. Um, Roland, Ro- uh, Ro- what's his name? Roland, Roland Martin brought on this brother from, I don't know where he's from. And he started asking questions. And it was clear that the brother was completely and entirely delusional. Completely delusional. I mean, he lived in another state of reality. And, you know, I said immediately, that is somebody you can't talk to that we can't reach. They need psychological help. They're at the point, you know, when people get into a cult, uh, deprogramming the cult requires a certain amount of skill, a skill set, because their minds have been altered. And we have quite a few of those here as well, where the mind is actually altered, that it doesn't matter how much, how many facts you bring to fruition, that they will not move off the cultishness, the cult leader, etc. We are not talking to those people. I mean, when those people bring up certain things, because other people can be influenced by them, we correct what they're saying in real time without the expectation of changing those particular people's minds. Because when I tell you it's a mental illness, I am not, it's not a question. It's a statement of fact. So understand that, and if you can... If you can deal with people understanding that MAGA, a large percentage of MAGA, are mentally ill, then we can actually come to peace. Because you cannot hate or harm a mentally ill person, but you can empathize and, to some extent, sympathize with that mentally ill person. All right, let's continue. Michael Rodden says, Paul, there are a small number of Republicans in deep red districts who will push for a government shutdown if they don't get whatever nonsense they want, not realizing that such efforts will harm their party as Republicans in whole will blamed for any temporary shutdown. But not only that, it'll, it'll, help, it, it'll hurt their own well-being as well, you know? So I find it ironic that folks think like that. Anyway, um, Bridge MCP is in the house. Hi, Bridge. Welcome to see you here. And Lee Grant just made it to the House as well. Paul Fleming says, Trump was humiliated again in South Carolina. The media are doing damage control for him by treating him, uh, treating his pathetic primary performance as big wins. And there's a piece that I want to play. I don't think I, don't think I played this yesterday, did I? Um, uh, I, I, I don't think, uh, let, I, let me see if this is what I played yesterday. Um, uh, when when you say Paul Fleming that he did that he's uh, embarrassed, even Fox News understand that the guy's a fraud and that he makes no sense. And to think that some people are still gonna try to make this guy a president uh, again—they made a mistake already. But check this out. Imagine if Fox News had shown. Just a modicum of journalistic integrity. If they had done what you're going to hear them do here during the 2016 election and during the 2020 election, we wouldn't be looking at the possibility of having this charlatan 
potentially being president of the United States again. Listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Continue monitoring of the president's remarks, and I need no offense to him, or some of you might want to continue hearing, but I did have to say that even though the former president is entitled to his opinions, he's not entitled to his own set of facts. The market has indeed been going up, but having nothing to do with him and everything to do with this aggressive cut in interest rates, uh, or does a hiking in interest rates and stabilized inflation, and of course, the whole artificial intelligence phenomenon that has benefited NVIDIA and a host of companies that are making money hand over fist. So that uh, whether you want to give Biden credit for that it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Furthermore, he mentioned about gas prices out of whack, $6 a gallon. The national average right now is $3.26 uh, cents a gallon. He went on to talk about the uh, 2020 election and how that was rigged. Uh, this has been adjudicated many, many times, dozens of times. It's been investigated uh, by everyone and his uncle. No fewer than 44 investigations launched, some of them by judges that were uh, picked by Donald Trump himself that found no evidence of that in the seven battleground states where most of them were focused. Donald Trump lost each and every one of those states. And no facts or no history that he mentions on the stump right now will change that. It is it is funny because Neil Cavuto, the first thing he does is give a quasi apology to Donald Trump. I don't mean any offense, Donald, but everything that you said is a lie. And let me explain what all the lies are. No, gasoline is not six dollars or something cents a gallon. No, the market isn't going up because of you. No, uh, the, the, the Biden economy is really doing just fine. I mean, and he goes point after point to point out that Donald Trump is nothing more than a fraud, a blowhard and just talking. Now, in effect, they're saying you can't believe the word of this person who purportedly wants to be president of the United States. So why in the you know what are they even giving him the time on the network? They, their network has become the conduit. And but let, let's not just look at Donald Trump, I mean, at uh, Fox News, because every network has used Donald Trump to make a lot of money because they know that people look at it as a big, big sideshow. We need to get away from sensationalism. We need to get away from all this junk that is sort of just entertainment and realize we really have a country with problems and having a charlatan like the like uh, uh, former President Trump, number 45, having a charlatan is a clear and present danger to all of us. I repeat, having him even participating in an election is a clear and present danger. We hope that Americans, from the time he goes to court, realizes that, that he's nothing but a fraud and act accordingly. Act accordingly. Act accordingly. Act accordingly. Anyhow, folks, it's very important that we do what again? Act accordingly. Anyway, folks, uh, so let me get back to the chat. Uh, Paul Fleming says, I have purchased my first EV and will pick it up on Thursday. What kind did you get, Paul? Uh, and if you don't mind me asking, because uh, when it is when when uh, Linda's car go out, I want to buy one, but I have to buy an expensive one. Uh, what how much give me the range that you got and what kind that you got. Also, tell me what you know, how you 
think about it, you know, I I will be looking for other people's experiences before I take the dip. Rudnit says, who's being interviewed specifically so we can prep some question? It's a Latin American country uh, that we are not very friendly with. And um, so, again, they're set it, they're trying to set it up right now as we speak. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but I, I really can't give the name right now because, again, security issues, all that good stuff. But um, we'll, we'll talk about it later, I promise. Uh, Michael Rodin says, oh, Egberto, name the country organization. I just named a, kind of a little bit. All right. Also, Rudden says, TGF, too far gone. Yeah, I think that's how you could say too far gone. Trump is cash poor. I think Trump is poor altogether. Yes, he has all these assets. But remember, if, if what you are is an asset king, you have a lot of assets, right? And if you were basing your business model of having all these assets inflated and then buying, uh, buying additional properties with the, uh, with the collateral from these inflated properties, as it turns out, you have a lot of properties in your name, but you don't own a damn thing. Because again, if you were to liquidate everything, all you'd have left is the money to pay back the bank, right? That's all you got. That's all you got. So I think people need to reevaluate economic, the economics of Trump. Because I don't even Trump believe Trump is a billionaire. And he, I don't even think he was ever a billionaire, actually. But anyhow. All right, uh, Michael says, I mean, light treatment might be useful for some diseases, but not COVID. And using disinfectant internally is just insane. Well, you can't put bleach in your veins, you know, uh, in any large amount, because it'll fry all your cells. It'll kill you. It'll poison you. When Trump said that, Dr. Burks should have stood up and said something. You effing moron. You try to kill people. Would have done. <laughs> I don't think he could say that. But he says, saw a video of a MAGA rally where they were asked that, what the Civil War was, one out of a hundred said slavery. Oh, I'm surprised you got one to say that. Paul Fleming says two primaries, two very different takes. When Biden was South Carolina by 96%, the New York Times said it was an uncertain measure of wider enthusiasm for him. But when Trump won by a far lower margin, 60%, the New York Times called it a crushing blow that had him barely barreling toward the nomination. See the problem? I am glad that you said that. You know what would you know what I want to you to do for me, Paul? Put if you can get to the two headlines, the link to the two headlines, so that I don't have to go search deeply. I would love, I would love for you to go ahead and uh, tell me uh those two links because what happens there is that um, if I can get those two links, I can actually write a story. I have several stories that I still have to write about, specifically one for Bridge MCP and some stuff she got from the IR, not IRS, from the Social Security stuff. That's still on my list of things to do. But I, I want to keep that bucket for when uh, things lighten up for me to do these alternative type stories. So uh, if you can find those links for me so I don't have to go searching, that would be a good thing. Remember, this program belongs to all of you, and all of you actually participate quite well in the program with it. Uh, I am uh, I'm, I'm sending the show to a company in Canada. It's a live show now uh, that just asked me for some information. All right, let's continue here. What we got, what we got, what we got. Breach, Paul says, uh, I got that one. 
Lee Grant says, here's some wokeness for you. Harvard professor forced into police protection after releasing his study on racial bias in police shooting. When the truth doesn't fit the narrative, the truth gets shoved aside. You know, there is some truth to that. Uh, there is some truth to that. And it goes both ways. When you watch your local TV, you don't see a lot, uh, uh, you don't see a lot of uh, crime by white people shooting up anything. But when you go to court, right, you see a lot of white people that have used their gun, killed or shoot somebody. You know, uh, uh, I can attest to that from a friend with personal experience when he had to go to the, the alternative court, that is. And, and I had a, a caller who called into my show yesterday, I think it was, and he said, or two days ago, and he said, how comes we don't know the identity? How comes we don't know the identity of the guys who shot up the crowd in Missouri? Well, uh, is there some, tr some, some truth to that it maybe was not a white person who did the shoot him up in Missouri. And because of that, uh, it didn't quite, you know, they weren't in a hurry to release the, the statement. That could be it. Or it could be that they're both minors. And I, I don't know. But I think there is some truth in the bias in the way uh, cr crime and specifically shooting crime are reported. But I don't think it's in the direction that Mr. Grant would like to put it in. When you watch TV, crime looks a lot browner than crime really is. I give the examples about living here in Kingwood. There's a lot of crime that happens here in Kingwood, but it doesn't get reported. And because it doesn't get reported, it doesn't make the statistics. I hope you get it. I hope you guys understand it. All right, continuing. Uh, let's see. Paul Fleming says, Wait so you want Fannie Willis removed for having consensual sex all while you're supporting a rapist. Got it. Ah, uh, it could not have been placed or put more succinctly than that. Uh, no, she won't be removed. And if she got removed, it would be a travesty. Uh, it would be a travesty. Uh, you know, a lot of these relationships, you know how it goes. All right, let's see. Paul Fleming says, Senate Judiciary uh, Committee has yet to subpoena Harlan Crow or Leonard Leo more than two months after authorizing subpoenas for two key figures in the Supreme Court ethics crisis. Senate Democrats have yet to issue them. Uh, Paul says he got a Tesla with the seven dollars to $500 credit. It gets 303 miles a charge. Wow, that is great. That is great. I think the credit is done for this year, right? Uh, anyway, Egberta doesn't want to specify. Okay, no questions from the peanut gallery. I can't get questions from the peanut gallery on this one. I'm so sorry, Rednin. But uh, when the person approached me about interviewing, uh, I can say it's a her. They said that I had to be very quiet. I said, can I just at least say that I'm interviewing? And they said, okay, but don't give an indication as to the person. So that's how it went. Michael Ren says, Lee Grant, that study was discredited by Harvard's peer review. Be sure you keep believing nonsense. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I love my research department. It's called Michael Rudnan and Bridge MCP. Great research department. Huh. That's great. Uh, let's see. How the South won the Civil War, oligarchy, democracy, continuing flight for the soul of America. Heather Cox Richardson. Eric Hay says, 
This is what you should be advocating as flooding knows no bound of race or origin or status. We have local government that don't protect crap. Well, actually, uh, we were to build a great canal under I-10 to move water out of Houston into the ship channel. We didn't. I can give you stories about that, but read my blog on that. All right. Michael Rodney says, what's the largest predictor of uh, violent crime? Hint to all the racists out there. It's not race. The leading predictor of violent crime is poverty. Desperate people being forced into desperate action. And uh, that could not be more true. That could not be more true. All right, uh, Paul Fleming, illegal immigrant Aiden Elon Musk was an illegal immigrant, according to his own brother. This just, uh, just rediscovered clips is from a 2013 joint interview with Elon Musk and Kimball Musk at the Milken Institute think tank. All right, uh, send the link. Eric Hayes, why does it take a year to report the girl, uh, the girl mass shooter? I don't know. But I, I imagine, do you know? All right. Uh, Paul Fleming says, my quotes were from New York Times the day after the contest. Uh, e the day after each contest or they did it all together? Uh, you mean, it, uh, well, actually, let, let me think for a second. Because there were two different contests. South Carolina had two on two different days. They had different elections. Uh, the Democratic South Carolina primary was not the same as the Republican South Carolina primary. Two different days. All right, uh, we have another video for you. This one here is here is the proof that the GOP are anti-democratic. Check this out, and we'll take it on the other side. If you thought that the right wing wasn't serious about no longer seeing the benefit of democracy, of course we know why, but we'll discuss that after. I want you to listen to this little piece at CPAC, and then we'll get back about, we'll talk about it a, later. The lines of Maya Angelou, who said, when people show you who they are, believe them. Well, listen, I mean, the one thing we learned from the first term is that, that he tested all the constraints of democracy and pushed them to their limits. And if he, and if he were to have a second term without the prospect of being reelected, just imagine what he'd do. Listen, he and his supporters are saying the quiet part out loud. A featured speaker at CPAC just yesterday said, uh, this is the end. We're, we're working for the end of democracy. Uh, and so believe them when they say it, uh, that they are looking forward to a an administration that that punishes its its uh, its its opponents, uh, just like they do in autocratic societies. So um, I think people should be very much afraid. They should be very much concerned. And, you know, when we talked about uh, democracy has been under threat since January 6th or before. But now we know just how much and now we know how real because they are saying it out loud at the CPAC conference. Yeah, I actually want to play what you just referenced, um, which is a moment from CPAC. This is a Trump supporter and a conspiracy theorist named Jack Posobiec. Welcome to the end of democracy. <laughs> We're here to overthrow it completely. We didn't get all the way there on January 6th, but we will we, we will endeavor to, forget, to get rid of it and replace it with, with this right here. We'll replace it with this right, right. here. Amen. That's right, because all glory, all glory is not to government, all glory to God. 
So, Vaughn, a lot of people probably don't know who this guy is, but uh, does that mean we shouldn't pay attention? Absolutely should pay attention. Jack Basobic is a name who has risen in popularity on the far right, or you could say also the mainstream of Republicanism here today. He is a, a voice that has been legitimized by allies of Donald Trump. But just this last December, he was even lauded during a speech in December in New York by Donald Trump himself, suggesting somebody like Jack Basobic, who has his own podcast that is simulcast on Real America's Voices, which is the same a television outlet that uh, Steve Bannon's war room plays on. He suggested that Jack Basobic should be somebody that gets a Pulitzer, not places like the New York Times or the Washington Post. Jack Basobic first rose to popularity back in 2017. He was on the front lines of promoting the Pizzagate conspiracy that Hillary Clinton and Democrats were part of a, a pedophilia cabal that was hiding children in the basement of a D.C. Uh, pizza restaurant. Uh, Jack Basobic, though, uh, has only uh, seen his reach broaden. He's got 2.4 million followers on X. Jack Basobic is the editor of uh, of the uh, of the uh, apologies. It's losing me here at the top of my mind here, Chris. But for Donald Trump, this is somebody here who has continued to have a large following that is uh, uh, that is spread. And so for this sort of messaging, seeing him on stage there at CPAC, it's notable. It was not just on Wednesday, but he was also uh, uh, at the forefront yesterday, just earlier today here, Chris. Now think about what he just said. It's not about democracy. It's about, oh, Lord, what God tells us, what you guys believe is democratic or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's what we say God told us to do. Think about that, folks. When we talk about this other side living in a fantasy land, living in an alternate state of reality. That's what we're talking about. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing about it is these guys know exactly what they're doing. The difference between these guys and past insurrectionists or past fascists is these guys tell you the truth up front on the screen. To which we always say, believe this crap when they're telling you things. Believe them. They mean it. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Absolutely join us, folks. Absolutely join us. Anyway, 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 welcome aboard, mi, el, mi panameño favorito, my brother from another mother in Panama, Centroamerica, Alejandro Rose. Welcome aboard, my brother. Lee Grant uh, says, well, before I get to Lee Grant, Michael said Trump in a second term would surround himself with yes men, removing all the adults from the room, and Trump would act as a dictator. Day one would be every day. The problem being that Trump supporters think Trump would only go after their enemies and never turn his ire on them, as if the pattern of autocrats has never gone the way. Look that way. The truth of the matter is 
Trump will go against anybody that's in his way and that person becomes the enemy. And anybody who doesn't understand that, you know, get it. When I tell you that MAGA is a mental illness, I think that is what we need. Why don't somebody come up with a, a there's MAGA, right? M-A-G-A. We know it means make America great again. We know America was never great. It's make America what it says it wants, what it should be. But what I'd like you to do, somebody come up with something ingenious, MAGA as a mental illness. So use those four letters, M-A-G-A, put mental in there and finish it up with the A-G-A. Because, but make it make sense. Make it make sense. Because we need to understand that MAGA, when we analyze the thought process of the uh, somebody that really is a MAGA cultist. I'm not talking about the person that just votes for Donald Trump because they think they're going to be financially successful. But there's a person that that is that cultish behavior. It is a mental illness. And we must try to do whatever we can. We're not going to eradicate it. We, the average American citizen, is not going to eradicate that. But what we can do is understand that all right uh lost my mouse here keep losing my mouse come on mouse where are you let's let's get back in business there we go all right um continuing we have mike csec that says uh no first grant says uh, uh Rudnins, that's amazing uh because when america was at its poorest in the trust of the great depression there was no great increase in crime and that you just got it you don't get a great increase in crime everybody poor everybody poor and uh, that's just how it is. And not only that, the, the times were, many of it was rural. You didn't have the cities and the conditions that they were in today. So things were quite a bit different then. Uh, but every, every study, and not only every study, what I see, I didn't need a study to tell me this, is you can look at the socioeconomic nature of crime and you can't hide from that. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, Bridge MCP said the following. Lee, during the Great Depression, with much of the United States married in grinding poverty and unemployment, some Americans found increased opportunities in criminal, act, criminal activities like bootlegging, robbing banks, loan shark, and even murder. According to the FBI, Chicago alone uh, had an estimated 1,300 gangs by mid-1920s, a situation that led to turf wars that other violent activities between rival gangs. Prohibition was unpopular with the uh, public and bootleggers became heroes to many for supplying illegal alcohol during hard times. In hit movies lit like Little Caesar and The Public Enemy, both released in 31, Hollywood depicted gangsters as champions of individualism and self-made men uh, surviving in tough economic times. Though the country's most famous real-life gangster Al Capone was locked up for tax evasion in 31, and spent the rest of the decade in federal prison. So I think Bridge MCP just points out that actually the crime rate relative to those times went up as well. Good catch, Bridge. Look, the, the PDR Passes Research Department is second to none. All right? The PDR Posse Research Department is second to none. And that's why you need to be a part of the PDR Posse. So just click that Join button in your window and become a part of the PDR Posse. All right, all right, all right, let's continue. What time is it? 3.36. Uh, we have here, Michael, that link, for, let's see. Uh, Eric Hayes says, mental illness is now in Washington. It's there too, yeah? 
All right, time to go shopping before the rain comes. See you tomorrow. All right, Michael. I think we are getting the cold front tomorrow. I think we get it before you guys, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. My CSEC says, let's stop pretending peer review works. Why should we not know that peer review generally works? When you have more eyes on something, it's actually pretty good. All right. Uh, we have Eric Hayes who says, we don't have depression times or we yet, but I don't know what you're saying there. Eric Hayes says, 100K dead due to PDR policy on fentanyl. No. Uh, 100,000 people dead of fentanyl because they chose to buy illegally a drug they should not ingest. Now, as a compassionate society, we should try to help them eradicate their illnesses and we should treat it as an illness. Uh, but uh, in a capitalist society where supply and demand reigns and where humanity is not all that important to the capitalists, this is what you get. Fentanyl wasn't made by anybody else other than our plutocrats, okay? And our plutocrats kill. They don't, do it, don't, they don't only do it with fentanyl. They do it with ALR and apples. They do it with the kind of pesticides they use on your food. They do it with the, the injection wells where they put dirty water right back into the ground, which permeates the, uh, the, the um, water table. And eventually you drink it and get cancer and nobody sees it because nobody's looking for it. Tomorrow, I'm going to have the railroad commission, the, the, the guy that's running for the railroad commission in Texas. He will be on at six in the morning on my KPFT show live. So you can watch him here. His name is uh, uh, <laughs> Bill Burr. I mean, oh, my God, what's wrong? Birch. Birch is Mr. Birch will be on with us uh, on on tomorrow morning at at six o'clock, that's when he'll be on tomorrow morning at six o'clock. So you want to check that out because it should be fun. He's a very smart guy as well. He's a very smart while as well. Some IVF clinics in Alabama have stopped seeing patients after a radical court ruling. Yep, we knew that. We moved that. One pill kills that program. I don't know what you're saying there, Eric. You have to kind of be more complete. All right, let's continue here now. Uh, another video to show you, and this is the one uh, on how we need to. California Governor Gavin Newsom shows exactly how we are supposed to deal with the IVF issue, right? In other words, it shows you how Democrats need to campaign in 2024. And they better do it, they better take the cues from this guy. Because he he's sharp and he knows what's going on. Check this out. You know, Gavin Newsom is a great spokesperson for the Biden administration. And uh, I want you to listen to how he ties in IVF as well as the abortion issue to really tag not only not only Donald Trump, but the right. Very important. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side where a bill has been proposed that would punish adults assisting minors seeking out-of-state abortions. Dr. Statement, please. Help! 
Trump Republicans want to criminalize young women who travel to receive the reproductive care they need. Don't let them hold Tennessee women hostage. I began by asking Newsom what President Biden should do to respond to the Alabama ruling. He's speaking with clarity, moral clarity, forcefully. The vice president speaking with moral clarity, forcefully all across this country. Uh, we've defined the lines of this debate. We've been on the offense, not on the defense. The Republican Party is on the defense on this issue. You saw that with the flip-flops of Haley. You see that in terms of Trump, though he's still trying to figure out exactly his position because he's out there celebrating the fact he created these conditions in the first place. But here's the point I want to make, and that's what this ad's about. The conditions are much more pernicious than they even appear. These guys are not just restricting the rights, self-determination to bear a child for a young child, a young woman, but they're also determining their fate as it relates to their future in life by saying they can't even travel. Mm -hmm. These travel restrictions modeled after a version that passed in Idaho is now being proposed in Tennessee, in Oklahoma, in Mississippi. The AG himself of Alabama wants to criminalize travel, not just for children, but for adults seeking reproductive care. That's how serious this moment is. And we need to be even more aggressive, I would argue. And that's what this ad represents. Given the seriousness of this moment that you have just laid out, going back to the question, is there a unilateral in executive action yeah. that you think President Biden should be taking to deal with the IVF piece of this? And then, as you say, the abortion travel ban. I have no, there's no daylight in their efforts and the work they're doing. And they are investigating exactly where their position can land in terms of the laws itself. But at the end of the day, this is a serious threat, not just what's happening in Alabama, regardless of what Trump tweets out saying the legislature in Alabama should do about something about this. I worry about the United States Supreme Court that again, set the tone and tenor for the debate we're having today. And again, it's not just a war on travel. It's not just a war on reproductive health care. It's also a war on women more broadly to fine, including, as we know, contraceptives. You talk about the Republican position on this. NBC News has confirmed that the GOP frontrunner, Donald Trump, has told people privately that he is considering supporting a 16-week federal <laughs> ban that would include exceptions. Yeah. You've been clear, and here again today, yeah. you're That's generous of them to include exceptions. What a kind soul. In 16 well, weeks, it's because it's an even number? Well, I mean, this, I, is, this I, is un, these people aren't serious, so he supports this. Is what he said. He supports a national ban. And if you're Lindsey Graham and others, they're going to bring that down well below 16. He will sign a national ban. You want to understand the contours of this debate that we will be having over the next nine months, ironically, nine months between now and November, and the consequences of Democratic Party not succeeding in Biden's reelection? Just consider the fact that he said that, 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 that part out loud. We know that there are reports that former President Obama warned President Biden not to underestimate Trump. Never. Do you believe that Democrats are underestimating Trump no. in this moment, his strength no. potentially in a well, general election? I think election? he's weakness masquerading as strength. Now, that was very important. And let me tell you why. Because uh, in 2024, you are going to see that the Republicans are going to try to tie everything immigration, 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 immigration. They're going to use a, the, a couple of a, a murder and the attack on a couple of cops and a few other mishaps by or criminality by uh, undocumented workers to try to build a false narrative. They won't. It's not the narrative that they're going to build of. The, of where we really have problems, massive use of guns in this country with people killing uh, people like like flies out here. 
they're going to use those four incidents and make it an immigration issue. Well, you know what? When if when you want to win elections, you get to something that people can taste and women, all women can see their rights being taken away. So you have to hammer at that. And people are immediately seeing uh, their safety with guns, not because of immigration, but guns, Republican policies. They have to hammer that the insecurity in this country is caused by conservative policies because they are caused by conservative policies, the policies that harm. So I, you know, I, I, somebody asked me today if I am worried about November. The truth of the matter is November, the only thing that would worry me is uh, Democrats and progressive taking defeat or taking defeat out of victory. The re- what I honestly believe now that I'm seeing some numbers is that this should be a landslide election, not just in the presidency, but throughout the country, vote for policy, Congress people, state legislatures, etc. It's going to be a blowout for Democrats if they stay on message and if they go to people's hearts and if they remember, don't forget the middle of the country, because you know what? We can win it all this time around. We, there is absolutely no doubt that if uh, the trajectory right now, disregard what you see these polling folks say, the trajectory right now is for a Democratic landslide from the counties to the state houses to uh, everywhere. The, it's, we are on a path to a landslide. And I'll more repeat this. I'm going to keep telling you this until I see metrics that change. We are looking for a landslide. All right. Uh, Paul Fleming says, in a win for voters, a Wisconsin court rejects a state legislature request to pause a decision that could prevent thousands of ballots from being unfairly rejected due to witness certification certificate errors. Uh, the pro-voting ruling will remain in effect. Exactly. All right. So, um, folks, I think... I, I think we need to stop worrying and we need to start working. Stop worrying and start working. The, the loud mouth of MAGA has really messed with our pollsters' head. And but what but where we actually see people voting, we see a different result. Uh, you take a look at all the, the women's bills that got passed. Whereas we were either behind or up by a few votes, they were all won in landslides. Uh, we got a, a, what, a 20-point turnaround in the New York race. We picked up the seat in Pennsylvania. Look, let me just say, everywhere Democrats ran in the offseason, they won. They won. That is the actual votes, not the polls. That's the actual votes. Now there are there are there's a, there are a few things that could stop the the Democratic landslide. The Democratic landslide could be halted by Biden continuing his asinine support of Benjamin Netanyahu. That is the most patently. That is that is simply 
malpractice on the Democratic Party for him to continue his support for Benjamin Netanyahu. It is time. Look, I, I, I want you to read it. Check out a story here. Uh, Secretary, let me put it on the screen. Secretary Yellen goes out and she says, uh, says Treasury Secretary Yellen calls for unfreezing Russian assets and sending it all to Ukraine. Okay. And then it, here's a Washington Post snippet. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Tuesday offered her strongest support yet for the idea of liquidating roughly $300 billion in frozen Russian central bank assets and using them for Ukraine's long-term reconstruction. It is necessary and urgent for our coalition to find a way to unlock the value of these immobilized assets to support Ukraine's continued resistance and long-term reconstruction, Yellen said in remarks in Sao Paulo, Brazil where a group of 20 finance ministers and central bank governors are meeting this week. I believe there is a strong international law, economic, and moral case for moving forward. This would be a decisive response to Russia's unprecedented threat to global stability. Okay, I buy it. I buy it. Let's use the Russian assets because Russia is indiscriminately blowing up buildings and blowing up infrastructure in Ukraine. I agree that Russia should pay for that. But there's another thing. There's another country that's doing the same thing. They're blowing up buildings that weren't involved in any war. They're blowing up infrastructure. And they're killing people. Hmm. Where would that be? What country... Would that be? Oh, it is our ally. Israel, Netanyahu's IDF, is blowing the crap out of Gaza and destroying infrastructure and blowing up building after building after building under the, the, the claim that they're going after Hamas. But that's not how you fight if you're going after a particular group. You don't just floor everything, right? Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. We're giving $4 billion to Israel every year, about somewhere around there, right? And they wanted $14 billion more for bombs? Hmm. Wait a minute. We can give we can give $18 billion to um to rebuild. Gaza right now. Just take it out of the Israeli budget, just like we want to take it out of the Russian budget, right? What do y'all think about that? I think that's a good thing. You know? I think it's a good thing. You know, I mean, by I mean, uh at least Ukraine fights back with missiles. But Gaza? Hmm. What do you guys think? I'm curious. Do you agree with me? All that destruction in Israel, who pays for it? Well, maybe Israel should pay for it because they feel good blowing things up. Paul Fleming says, giant grocery store are price gouging American families, and the Kroger-Albertson merger threatens higher prices for consumers, store closures, and lower wages for workers. By blocking this deal, the Federal Trade Commission is fighting to both protect workers' jobs and lower food prices. I agree wholeheartedly. By saying we can unfreeze and spend is misleading 
if one doesn't differentiate interest and principle. Very true. But I think what they mean is a totality of uh, whatever they have. Bruce Pollard said, who really gets the money that we give to Israel for U.S. munitions? Ah, you nailed something there, Bruce. You know who gets the money? The military-industrial complex. The military-industrial complex. But if they're not building the bombs anymore, we can give that money back to Gaza. But Israel should be paying to rebuild Gaza. All right. Lee Grant says, what if Biden bombs Gaza during Ramadan? Wow, that's an interesting thought, Lee. Uh, yeah, through the holy, you know. The truth, let, let me just put it this way. Netanyahu doesn't care. Netanyahu does not care if it's Ramadan or anything. Netanyahu is an evil savage. I repeat, anybody who can drop a 2,000-pound bomb on an apartment that you know, that you know children, women are living in, and you're going to crack them wide open and kill them. That's not a human being. You know, Netanyahu tries to dehumanize Palestinians so that all the atrocities that he does to the Palestinians doesn't seem that way. But in the process, what Netanyahu has done is he has shown his true character. He has shown that, look, I was speaking to a friend earlier today, and I used some terms that I wouldn't use on the show because it is so graphic of what he really represents. But just it, is, it should suffice to point it out. Netanyahu is a very, very evil person. And folks, I don't have any more videos for the show. So anybody wants to call in, I'm all ears. I should have invited you to call in way earlier. 281-823-7747. I'd love to hear from some of you. 281-823-7747. Somebody call in. 281-823-7747. Bridge says, they stated a ceasefire for Ramadan, but you never know with Bibi. Biden said ceasefire should be think weekend. Ceasefire should be, it should be not a ceasefire. It should be an end to the damn war. Punto y final, right? And you're right, Eric. Bibi doesn't care at all. Bibi does not care. The man is a very, very evil person. Anybody who can do the damage that he's doing, you can't help but call him evil. Somebody give me a call, Seven, uh, 281. 823-7747. Give me your thoughts. Give me your closing thoughts for the program. 281-823-7747. Give me your thoughts. Let me know what you think. I'll be more than happy to talk to you live on air. Live on air. That's what we like to do. Uh, until somebody calls, I think it is time for me to do my ask. And how does my ask go? Please support the program. Uh, we cannot have this program without you. How can you support the program? All the ways to support the program can be found at politicsdoneright.com slash support. And here that is, politicsdoneright.com slash support. You can also uh, subscribe to our um, newsletter. Uh, it's a free newsletter, but we ask you to consider becoming a paid subscriber. And being a paid subscriber, 
gives you complete access to all of my books, right? And as you guys know, guess what? Shipping my new book. Uh, it's called Tribulations of an Afro-Latino Caribbean Man. Racism didn't stop my smile, hope, or journey forward. Again, tribul oh, let me take this off the screen. Tribulations of, a Af of an Afro-Latino Caribbean man. It's a good book. And the stories, I'm telling you, uh, the stories that, that happened, you know, I, I pretty much represent a large percentage of our POCs and what professional POCs go through. Professionals are otherwise, but this was rather insidious. You know, I have a chapter in here that I, 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 when I was naming the chapter, I wanted to know, what should I name this particular chapter? And the name of the chapter is this. And that when I, when I wrote this chapter, I almost cried again. I never cried during this time. I was pissed. But it was called, the chapter is, I went from three-fifths of a man to two-thirds. I guess a small improvement in 125 years. That's on page 71. And I'm going to follow what I see, uh, Brother um, Tom Hartman. Does. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs of that, the way that one started. It goes like this. While working at NASA, an engineer, Jerry, I had worked with, approached me and asked if I would be interested in designing an oil well login system with him for a Chinese company. I told him I would be excited to do so. I was shocked that he asked me. I was always thankful to this man for seeing me solely for my competence. That gesture meant so much that I credited him in the first book I wrote, as I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. A former associate of Jerry, Rolando, not his real name, discovered that a Chinese company in Xi'an wanted to build a system of their own. We needed a design fast. Jerry and I worked on one based on off-the-shelf hardware and could spec, and I created a basic overview design of the software. We worked with Rolando to develop a contract with the Chinese company. We both did this during the late hours as we worked for NASA. And the rest is history. I tell you what, it is so, so important, that chapter. That chapter. Because what you're going to see is after... Jerry and I, I designed the entire software system. Jerry designed the hardware out of off-the-shelf pieces. What happened when it was time for, for us to now fulfill the project and the contract was funded will shock you. So when I talk about tribulations of an Afro-Latino Caribbean man, that story I went from three-fifths of a man to two-thirds of a man. I guess it's an improvement. That's a story I think will shock quite a few. Bridge MCP says, Egberto Willis, I wish some people could just once change your minds and not have just five to six issues constantly coming out of your mouths. Let me tell you, believe it or not, some, some of them will, some of them won't. But Bridge, our job is what we're doing. We're giving people a place to land. Anybody who wants a place to land, 
we're here. Anyway, I got to get out of here. It's four o'clock. Um, before I get continuing to work, I think I'm going to spin early today so I don't fall asleep. But please, folks, please consider getting the book. It's at politicsdoneright.com slash books. And I'm putting it right in here, politicsdoneright.com slash books. It's an easy read. It's, a, it's well worth it. I promise you the stories, a lot of times you're going to go, wow, wow. And you still don't hate. And you're still okay. You're still okay. And to which I say, my stories has happened to many a people. Many a people. Anyway, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.